I'm Larissa, and I want to help you find the best strategy for communicating the magic and wonder of your jewelry brand so you can thrive by doing what you love and filling the world with beauty and creativity. Welcome to the Joy Joya Jewelry Marketing Podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Larissa Worstiak. On this podcast, I explore topics in digital marketing for jewelry designers and retailers, including branding, content, email, events, social media, and more. This is episode 58, and today I'm going to share my very first coaching call. I spoke to Irina, who runs an e-commerce jewelry business called Yarema Jewelry. She asked me about how a jewelry business owner can decide how to focus her marketing efforts and how a newcomer in the jewelry industry can stand out from among well-established brands. Without further ado, let's get started with the call. Hi, everyone. My name is Irina, and um, I have uh, my own jewelry business, which is called um, Yarema Jewelry. Um, I started my business about uh, six months ago and um, kind of slowly trying to, you know, started from the ground up and uh, and grow a little bit more um i could i uh, carry mostly fun jewelry uh, but i'm also introducing a little bit more affordable pieces as well great welcome to the podcast i'm really excited to have you and um so let's get started so what exactly is your marketing challenge and what's the question that you have for me so i think my biggest challenge right now is to decide where should I focus my marketing efforts um, when I have so many options available because I'm doing a lot of research and I'm trying to learn a lot of stuff and I don't know where to focus my energy. For example, I can focus on writing blog posts or posting on social media or do search engine optimization. Um, so my question is probably, so there's so many things available and I don't I end up not doing anything. Um, so what would you be a recommendation where I should be investing my time in? Great. I think that's a really good question. And I think a lot of jewelry business owners struggle with that because there are so many options. And on one hand, it's really great news that you have all the options. But on the other hand, it's bad news that all those options, like you said, can be really overwhelming and almost paralyzing because you just don't even know where to start. So I want to say, first and foremost, before you kind of decide where you want to focus your time, you'll really want to know your customer inside and out. Even if you think you know who your customer is, I would say to try digging even deeper into that. And so one great place to start, and one thing I do with a lot of my clients is um, I help them create customer personas which are these like in-depth profiles of your target customers. So doing these customer personas will help you explore questions like, where do my customers spend the most time? What are their current shopping habits and shopping frustrations? And I think then if you're really honest with yourself about your customer preferences, then it will kind of help you gain at least some clarity about how to better invest time and money into marketing. So let me ask you, have you done any sort of research into your customers? Do you feel comfortable knowing who they are? Like, do you have data about them? Um, I have a little bit. I've been trying, um, when I'm running my Facebook ads, I've been trying to work with different audience and see who would respond the most. But I think maybe 
I, I do agree with you. Maybe my audience is a little bit too broad and I should dig a little bit more into it because I mean, I assume it's like females and there is certain age range, but I haven't really explored their interests as much, except if obviously they like jewelry. But I think maybe I do need to focus more on exploring their with their other interests uh, besides jewelry, kind of maybe target from different perspectives and see maybe what kind of Instagram accounts they're following. I know that's kind of how it works. Yeah, that's a really great point. I think a lot of jewelry business owners, they tend to think a little more broad because they don't want to leave anyone out. Then in, in yeah. most cases, you're actually doing a, yourself a disadvantage by following that strategy because you're just casting your net too wide. So focusing a little more kind of helps you better understand how to reach those people. Otherwise, you'll just be all over the place. And I I like what you said about trying to see like what kind of Instagram accounts they follow, um, like who are the influencers that they're really gravitating toward. And I also like that you are doing Facebook ads and trying out different demographics. I think that's really smart. In a good way to discover which ads kind of connect to which people. And it could even help you weed out certain types of customers if, if you're not getting good results. Another thing that's similar to that is uh, using Google Analytics. I don't know if you're set up with that on your site. It's a little bit limited in how detailed you can get with the customers from Google Analytics, but you can kind of see like where in the country people are looking at your site or even in the world. And um, you can get kind of some general age ranges so that um, you can um, get even more specific with your customers looking at that. Yeah, that's a good point. I do have a Google Analytics setup, but I haven't, I haven't really looked into it um, that much. And I probably should. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's overwhelming. There is so much information there. And um, there are people that run consulting businesses where they specialize only in that because it's just a whole beast in itself. So I think for a business owner who's trying to juggle all these things, it's a lot. But I do think it's worth maybe once a month or once every three months, just taking the time to go in there and look to see if if you see any sort of trends about the type of people visiting your website. Yeah, that's a good idea. So the next thing that you might want to consider doing if you haven't already is to also know and research your competitors and then understand what they're doing to market themselves. So how are they using Instagram? How are they using Facebook? What are they doing on their website or with their email marketing? And then just observe, like, what are some things that you like about their approach to marketing? And also, what are some things that you might not like? Another example would be if your competitor already has great SEO rankings. So say that they're already ranking in the top three or five for a keyword that that you think also works for you, then maybe it doesn't make sense for you to even try to compete with them in terms of SEO. So then maybe working on SEO isn't 
the best priority for you because you're just not going to get anywhere with that. You know, if your competitors are already doing that well, if they're not doing Instagram that well, or you think you can do Instagram better, then maybe that's a place that you want to focus your time. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. That's why I was, I, I got a little bit overwhelmed with SEO because there's so many jewelry companies that they have a lot of investments that they can do to work on it. I was like, I could never end up on the first page. Um, so I was like, it, it probably wouldn't be worth my time, especially in the beginning. Absolutely. There may be some keywords that are unique to you that people are still searching for, but it might take time to discover what those are. And um, some of the more broad keywords, like I said, may already be dominated by your competitors. So yeah, they might not be worth pursuing. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Another thing you can do is focus on your strengths. So Even if you aren't a marketing expert, you still have specific strengths that you are bringing to the table as a person. So if you don't particularly like writing or you don't or you're not good at it, then maybe don't try to do the blog posts unless you have a budget to outsource it to someone else. However, if you're someone who really likes photography or graphic design, then I would say focus on ways that you can incorporate more of those things in your marketing. I think not only will it help you communicate your brand more effectively because it's coming from a more genuine place, but I think that your enthusiasm and skills will shine through more and it'll just come more naturally to you. So again, unless you have the budget to kind of outsource those things, I would just focus on the tasks that you actually enjoy. So what would you say are some of the things that you feel like you're better at? I do like working like on my website in terms of designing it and like more like a graphic designing perspective that's kind of feel like my strengths but writing is not my biggest one (laughs) yes i think maybe maybe i could be more like on the creative side of things i think i have a vision how i wanted everything to look like but when or even like i have an idea about the blog post but when i come to sit down it doesn't really come out the way when i try to put it in writing Yeah, I think a lot of people struggle with that. Um, And so it's not unusual. But again, I would focus on things that don't cause you frustration, because also, you're not going to want to do it if if it if it feels hard, you know, so you want to make it for yourself and focus on things that are fun. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I do. um, I do think maybe outsourcing the, the 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 blog post or could could really help me because uh, sometimes I, I want to sit down and write something and I write it and I don't like it and then it's like two hours later and nothing came out so it, it gets it, it, it can be frustrating yeah absolutely and like that's time that you could be spending doing something else for your business yeah. that just becomes yeah. really frustrating yeah yeah I agree so the last thing you can do is to also ask yourself What goals are you trying to achieve with your marketing? Are you focused more on short-term goals? And so if that's the case, you'll want to focus on marketing efforts that can produce quick wins for you, like working with an influencer or doing a paid social media campaign. 
Or you can even look to your email list and run a report of contacts that haven't engaged with you in, or your website in some time and try reintroducing yourself to them. If you're focused on long-term goals instead, then you'll want to try to focus on more long game marketing efforts. So those would be like SEO, public relations, outreach, and social media engagement. I would say ideally, every business should have both short-term and long-term marketing goals, but again, it takes a lot of time and energy to be working on all those things simultaneously. So I would say to make a list of priorities of the goals that are most important to you and then decide which efforts are going to be the most efficient way to meet those goals. Yeah, I I do agree with that. I feel like sometimes when you're a jewelry owner and you, and you have your jewelry pieces and you feel like, oh, it looks cute and beautiful. If you put it online, people should just buy it. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> but that takes a little bit more work. Uh, I think I'm more, more focused on like on longer terms goals, but at the same time, you want your business to start bringing you some revenue. So, yeah. and it's um, also it's always encouraging to see like short term goals. Yeah, and like it keeps going. Yeah, it keeps you motivated. It keeps you wanting to do more. It's sometimes really hard to stay focused and excited if all you're working on are long-term goals. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, I had another question. So since my jewelry is a little bit kind of a mid-level, I would say, pricing jewelry, um, I do carry diamonds and precious gemstone jewelry. Um, and there's a lot of companies um who've been in business for a while and they have big names like tiffany and cartier so my question is how do you uh, position your business um, as a newcomer um compared to established brands because i feel like everybody wants to buy the the brand name jewelry and i find it hard to differentiate my brand in this way um so do you have any suggestions on that yeah, it's <laughs> this is a problem I think in in all industries because there's always like a brand that everyone knows and then if you're a newcomer it's just really hard to get noticed and break through you know the reputation that that established brand already has. And this made me think of a recent a quote I recently saw online by a man named Sean Porat and he says, what really counts is not how unique you are, but how unique people think you are. So first things first, you kind of have to adjust your mentality. If you believe that you're getting lost in a sea of well-known brands, then you're only going to continue getting lost in a sea of well-known brands. Um, so you kind of have to try to not think about that and believe that you have something unique to offer. And then you have to find that thing that's unique and interesting about your brand, even if it's not your brand name, because people don't know it yet. Um, and then push that really hard above all else. So if you can't think what's truly unique about your brand, then it might be time to work on that first before you move forward with any more marketing, because otherwise it will continue to be hard to really establish yourself and catch people's attention when all they're looking at are the more established brands. Going back to what I said earlier about the customer personas, I would say you might think that you share some of those same target customers as the most well-established brands, but that might be one of the things that are that's holding you back. 
the truth is there's always a niche of customers who aren't shopping the popular brands. So even if your jewelry is kind of in the same segment or category as, I don't know, let's just say Tiffany, there are people that don't like Tiffany and it might be because it's Tiffany. Like maybe they just don't want to get the thing that's popular. Maybe they want to get the thing that's up and coming. And you have to find out who those people are and how you can reach them because they're looking for you. They're looking for something different and unique. They may be like a smaller segment. So there are fewer people to reach and you may feel like, "Ugh, what's the point? There aren't enough people out there who would be interested. But the truth is that when you find the right people, they'll be your people and they'll be loyal to you. And when you can really wow them with your products and customer service, then they'll tell other people about it. They'll tell their friends and family. So starting with finding the people who aren't buying Tiffany and then brainstorming how you can get them on your side is a great way to start. You'll also want to focus on being consistent and memorable with your branding. So I think a lot of up and coming brands are tempted to kind of follow this idea of if you can't beat them, then join them um, because they're afraid to be different because they don't, they don't think anyone would look at them if they're that different, but you got to be brave and really carve out a unique brand identity. And then you have to do everything you can to stick to that brand identity and be consistent with it. I think being unique is the only way to stand out. You also might want to look for ways to disrupt the category. So what I mean by that is like, if you notice that all your big name competitors lack something in customer service or that they're not doing something on their social media that could be cool or that they don't offer a specific kind of product that could really be new and exciting, then you have to find the way to be different and really cause a splash. And then play up the fact that you're an underdog because some people really like, some consumers really like that story. They, like I said before, they kind of want to buy the thing that's not popular because they want to be cool. They want to be cutting edge. They don't want to buy the thing that everyone has. You can also Mm -hmm. consider standing for like a value or a cause. So a lot of startups will align themselves with like, sustainability or some kind of political stance like a feminist feminism and so that really attracts customers that want to support businesses who are aligned with that cause again it might be like a smaller segment of of your potential customers but it'll really help you get people that the big name brands aren't getting suggestion <laughs> you made a, you actually made a couple of very good points um my my all my jewelry is very um it's ethically sourced so i think maybe i'm not putting enough emphasis on this in it's on my website but i don't really emphasize it on my social media a lot maybe i should try that that's actually a very good point and also you're right not not, I mean, maybe I feel like everybody wants to buy Tiffany, but you're right. I feel like there are some people who are looking for a little bit more unique pieces that are not as mass produced as a uh, big brand jewelry. Yeah. And again, it might not, there might not be as many customers, 
But if you're mm-hmm. able to really wow those customers, even if it's not as many, then they'll come back again and again. They'll buy gifts from you for their friends. They'll tell people about you. So I would say don't discount that because it could be a great source of of customers for you, you know? Yeah. Also, I what do you think about, because I, I feel like maybe my, my jewelry, in the beginning when I just started my company, I felt like maybe my jewelry is too expensive. That's why people are not buying it. So um, I started introducing people that are like under $100, under $300. So do you feel like having pieces that are kind of in a thousand dollar range and the pieces that are like under um, $200 on the same website, do you think it will confuse my customers in terms of like um, my branding or should I just carry do you think having like a little bit more affordable pieces at the same time, kind of more expensive pieces on the same uh, website, do you think it will hurt me in the long run or should I more focus on a, like a fine jewelry pieces? I think that's a good question. I would say I wouldn't mix fashion jewelry and fine jewelry necessarily. Like um, if you want your brand to be about precious metals and real gemstones, I would say stick with that. But you can offer more affordable pieces as like entry level jewelry for your customers. And then when they're ready to build their collection and buy more, they can start investing in some higher priced pieces. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't mix up the categories. So having like thousand dollar plus fine jewelry pieces on the same website as like a piece of like $30 earrings that aren't made from real precious metal, that might not be great. And I think that might confuse customers. Yeah, I feel like I should go back to the point number one that you said I should dig more into who is my customer is and focus and build kind of like my my focus around that because I feel like I wanna I want everybody to come in and buy something yeah. <laughs> to be able to afford it. So maybe maybe just more segmenting my customers and the focus on that will help. Absolutely. And I, I understand why you feel that way. I mean, why not? You want everyone to shop there. You want to have something for everyone. But from a marketing perspective, I think it's just gonna end up getting so overwhelming. Like and like you've been struggling with really yeah 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 that makes sense I feel like I have a lot of work to do yeah (laughs) I mean you can start I would start smaller and more focused and then once you do see success with that you can experiment with branching out and adding new target customers like you don't have to stick with that forever but I would start smaller rather than bigger and then you know, grow outward from there. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. But but none of your challenges, I think, are, first of all, they can all be overcome. So that's good news. <laughs> and I think they're so common um, that a lot of jewelry businesses face this. I think even some of the established brands like Tiffany have these problems because a lot of these more legacy brands like Tiffany, for example, I mean, they get by by their name, but then they always have to think about the fact that 
their customers are eventually going to get old and there's a, there are always new generations coming up. So their challenge then is thinking about how can we keep marketing to appeal to younger people? And they have to kind of always balance, you know, how can we create products for these people? And then how can we reach them? So even though a brand like that has been around for what hundreds of years, they still kind of still have these same problems all the time. So it's not just like a figure it figure it out once and forget it kind of problem. It's something that you have to revisit pretty often and make sure that you're still like understanding your customers and getting it right. Yeah, yeah, it's a ongoing process. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing um, your challenges in such a way. It's kind of, I think, vulnerable, but I hope that this is so helpful to our listeners and helps them feel like they're a little less alone in their challenges because I think these are all common questions that people have. So I really appreciate um, the time that you took to spend with me today and to share your questions. Oh, thank you so much, Larissa, for doing this. When when I heard your podcast and you said that you're looking for people, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. I hope I hope more people come in and uh, and do this so we can all learn from each other and you know. I think it's very helpful. I really appreciate what you're doing for us. Would you also like to benefit from one of my coaching calls? If you have a marketing challenge and you're willing to share it with my listeners, I can walk you through a 30-minute coaching call on a future episode at no cost to you. You don't even have to share your name or business name, just a description of the challenge you're facing. You'll walk away from the episode with actionable steps you can take to feel confident about your marketing moving forward. In addition, you'll help other jewelry business owners who may be struggling to overcome similar issues. If you'd like to take advantage of this opportunity, please email me laryssa at joyjoya.com. You can also always email me with questions and comments. And don't forget to please subscribe and leave a rating or review. Thanks for listening. Remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode. For more information about marketing services for your jewelry brand, visit joyjoya.com where you can download our free ebook, Proven Conversion Strategies for E-Commerce Jewelry Retailers.